What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. Look at this. We are live two minutes early from our normally broadcasted scheduled time. You know what the scheduled time is supposed to be? Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 11 a.m. And you know why it doesn't happen? Because I don't keep the schedules, and usually I'm on the road all weekends. But this weekend, I just stayed home. I did nothing of any importance of value in any capacity whatsoever. I had a full day yesterday to eat cake and rest up. So now we are live and ready to go. And oh my God, the amount of topics that I have prepared, but it's the beginning of the show, which means we got to stall for a little bit for people to show up in the live stream and for all the people that just listen to the podcast version of this to go, hey, do you mind not talking to me about the YouTube thing? Just just go back to when it was a podcast and you didn't address the live audience all the time because that was working pretty good. And you know what? For all you YouTube listeners out there, I mean the non-YouTube listeners, all those special people that just like following the podcast feeds... Uh, rate, review, subscribe, send me nice messages, you know, good, 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 the iTunes things, share this with your friends, go write a chain email letter, letting other people know that if they don't follow this, their grandma's going to fall down a stairwell and the guy from saw is going to show up and harvest their organs. Go write one of those old school, creepy ass chain mail letters about the a stairwell grandma pusher organ harvester and how if five of your friends don't rate, review, subscribe and start listening to the Run Your Mouth podcast on a daily basis and get five more of their friends to listen to the show on a daily basis, then their grandma's going to become victims of the stairwell basement pusher person. Uh, What else do we have to plug that will uh, threaten your grandma if you don't go and purchase? Uh... Weekly Wednesday show, Cafe Bohemia, come hang out. I'm also going to be at Steamboat this weekend doing two shows at Schmiggity's with Kyle Ruff. Dude, those shows have been great every single time. This is now my third time doing that, which is pretty crazy. Uh, So come hang out for that. And then next month, uh, April 22nd, I'm going to be in Orlando, Florida doing a Meacock event thingy thing. We'll get that date up on my website. More dates with Dave Smith. And then uh, Porch Tour coming soon. Once I can get my other dates from Davy Smith, because I don't want to, I don't want to be porch touring on weekends. I could be doing show with Davy Smiths. Uh, those are packed out fucking club weekends. Those are fun. I don't want to miss any of those. And then we get to do the live podcast. But then I also do want to hang out in your backyard. So you know, logistics are coming, and a bunch of people sent me emails, and I have to actually respond to those emails. But listen, let's not weigh on all these things. Let's just get into the show. We go. We got a serious show coming. And what, what I want to talk about right off the top of the show is something that I don't think anyone else is talking about. And this might be the biggest problem in financial markets. And it, it's really, it's going missed. But um, if you thought the banks were having a problem, you, you got to take a look at the hush money markets right now. I mean, the, the losses that must be existing in the hush money markets that Donald Trump, you know, he, he made a perfectly good hush money payment, $130,000 for a simple blowjob. I mean, what do you think is supposed to be the going rate for paying hush money on a blowjob? It can't be much more than $130,000. That's a pretty good hush money payment. And guess what? When the person negates their side of the contract and doesn't do the hush part, well, then that what, what was that hush money payment worth? How many investors are freaking out right now wondering whether or not their hush money payments are still good? Or if people are going to get out there and they're just going to be talking their mouths, because apparently there's no consequences for violating your hush money payments. You would have thought that these were iron kai clad tracks where people were being pulled out to Epstein's Island and then just being left to drift at sea if they violated their, their side of the hush money bargain. But now that we know that the hush money payments were made and there is no repercussions for if you violate your side of the hush money agreement, 
I, who knows what kind of financial chaos we might end up in. Maybe that's why the banks are going under. It's all these investors. They're pulling out their hush money payments. Uh, but in all seriousness, it's rumored that Donald Trump is going to be arrested this Tuesday. And the good news is that finally the nation can heal from that blowjob he got from a, a prostitute a couple years ago. Not even a prostitute, a porn star that he then had to pay hush money to afterwards. But the country hasn't been the same. If anything, that's probably what that's probably what caused COVID. It was probably the bad energy of Donald Trump being out on a golf course, enjoying himself, looking at a lady and go, you know, you kind of look like me, but with big tits. I feel like if we shoved you into a tanner and maybe fed you some McDonald's for like a month, like a veal, like if we kept you in a tanner, locked in there like a veal, and we just kept feeding you so you put on some weight, you would basically look like me with tits. So why not give me a blowjob and then I'll, I'll pay you some hush money. How does that sound? How many women out there blew Donald Trump? They're like, I didn't get no $130,000 hush payment. And now I know that everyone said this, but this is the most remarkable part of the entire thing. First is, if Donald Trump paid this lady $130,000 in hush money and she's coming forward, and we're not hearing from a single other lady, and believe me, every single news station in the entire world would love to put a lady on air who could talk about their last experience with Donald Trump, the hush payment that they got from Donald Trump. I mean, so we don't have a single other affair story for the news to be running with? We're not even seeing this thing all that drummed up. I mean, Michael Avenatti's in jail. We haven't heard that much more from Stormy Daniels other than this lady wants the justice so that the country can heal from the blowjob she gave a guy and then was paid $130,000 for. And then hopefully we get footage of the army showing up to his house. I want to see this like an episode of Cops. Trump's just out there on the golf course. He'll never take me alive. He's just, he's out there running around without his shirt on. Uh, or or maybe we'll get to, the problem is we don't get to see federal court, but it, that would be fun if he, we actually get to, she should have been paying me. My dick is great, okay? Fake news on that Jimmy Kimmel show. Uh, how do you go down for hooker payments? I mean, is this really the only thing that you've got on the guy? You, you went from, uh, all right, he's got, uh, he's a Russian spy to he uh, tried to illegally stay in office, to he left his office with the nuclear codes, to, uh, well, he did get a blowjob. I, I mean, really, that's what you guys are going to take the, the person in on? I mean, I, I, I haven't really read the Constitution, but wasn't Jefferson banging his slaves and Benjamin Franklin was giving STDs to old ladies? I feel like this country was founded by elites who were out there being promiscuous. I heard that uh, George Washington used to take his teeth out so that he could blow married men. <laughs> and now you're out here arresting Donald Trump, our noble leader, over a, a hush money payment? $130,000. How much hush money payment was he supposed to make? Since when is hush money illegal? The whole point of hush money is that you did something that wasn't even illegal. It's going to make you look bad. And you're like, all right, well, let's at least just go make a payment. And now, you know, everyone, Donald Trump's out there going, we've got to protest. This isn't a real country. If we've got a country where I can't make hush money payments, then this, this is the end of our democracy. And the problem is he already blew his, his protesting load. No, don't be following Donald Trump into a protest anymore. He already, he, he, he got us on that the last time. He turned it back on you guys. He didn't write anybody any pardons or nothing. 
So if Donald Trump ends up going down for hush money payments, yes, we have a highly corrupt country in which prosecutors can sit down for endless amounts of time and try and figure out how they can make sure that you can't run for president again or arrest you. And then they can work their way down all the serious list of crimes that may or may not have transpired by government officials and then come down to, well, you once paid for a blowjob. Uh, all right. And then let's take a look at what he might. Oh, well, here is uh, Donald Trump talking about some of what's going on in the world. And I think I figured out what his newest defense strategy is. So let's just give this a quick listen. Our foreign policy establishment keeps trying to pull the world into conflict with a nuclear armed Russia based on the lie that. It doesn't really even matter what he's saying. Just take a look at the picture of him, because I think uh, Donald Trump's newest defense strategy is he's just going to stay in the tanner long enough that he's black. You can't prosecute me if I'm black, okay? That's not the way it works anymore. That that it, Trump's going extra crispy for uh, for the election process. 2024. All right, what else I got here? So this is the actual information. This is from DailyMail.co.uk. News article 11876537. All right, so this is what Donald Trump might be getting in trouble for. Let's give it a, list, uh, a read. He could be charged with falsifying business records if it is alleged Trump knew his retainer agreement with Cohen was a sham to facilitate the payments. That would be a misdemeanor under New York law unless prosecutors prove uh, records were falsified to conceal another crime, which would make it a felony. I think the problem is just that his lawyer was a really big idiot because there's probably a way that you can legally make hush money payments. And that dumb Cohen lawyer was like, well, give it to me as a retainer and then I'll go pay. Well, you're the lawyer. If we've got a problem, you're supposed to fix the problem. You're supposed to make it happen in a way that, you know, we can get away with. So that's the crime here. Having a bad lawyer. The other crime could be that payments violated state election law because the intention of the alleged payoff was to benefit his campaign. But that's a tough one, too, because how do you distinguish between benefiting his campaign and him as an individual? How does that and why is that even a problem for the campaign? What, what, what do you need a super PAC, the, the hush money super PAC fans of Trump's and blowjobs corporation of America to go make these payments for you? Trump could face up to four years in prison on those charges. How? How do you spend four years in prison for making a good, honest hush payment to the hooker who you blew a load in, load in her mouth? All right, we got some other random stories here. But before we do stories, you know, we're, we're, we're a highly professional, 1,000% checked, uh, uh, fact-checked program with Russia backing. But the Russia money is not enough. I'm a greedy Jew. And so, you know, every time we go to a new segment, we do have to take a moment, take a couple comments in the live feed. Not a lot going on in the live feed today. Nice to see Roscoe, though. He came through with silver, which uh, I got to tell you guys, with everything I'm reading about the financial markets, the, that, that, that might help me get by. Come to shitty Washington so I can pay you for your stand-up. You're talking about Washington, D.C. or Washington State? Um, all right, everybody, here, look. Now that I'm standing here, we're, we're, this is the way we're going to start picking how we do the ad reads. Wherever I stop when we take a break and the other sign that's exposed, that's the ad read that we're doing. So right to, right to now, cheatunderwear.com. Use promo code RYM. Get yourself 20% off. Greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. If you guys want to be able to continue here, listen, we ain't got no Patreons over here. All we ask that we do, that you do is rate, subscribe, review to the show. 
email all your friends that their grandma's going to fall down a stairwell and someone's going to harvest their organs unless they also watch the show. Uh, when I come out to your town, show up to my shows and buy tickets. Send me emails at robsnewsroom at gmail.com telling me how great you think I am. Go onto the YouTube, read comments, and when other people write disparaging comments, swarm them, show up to their offices, um, get their girlfriend to cheat on them, uh, call up my boss. You know, we're, we're, we're not needy people over here. We make very few requests of you guys, the audience. Uh, but while I do work hard on the show, just go to sheathunderwear.com, buy yourself a fucking pair of underwear so that Robert calls on me up and goes, oh my God, everyone's buying underwear, and you're going to like the underwear anyways. I've been telling you guys about this underwear for a year. There's thousands of you guys that listen to the show. How many of you people have never even tried a pair of sheath underwear? And then you'll thank me. You're just going to go, why didn't I do this sooner? That's what happens when it comes to life improvements. You finally make the improvement, and then you realize, oh, if I eat a little healthier, I don't make diarrhea all the time. This is just a better lifestyle, and I'm thinner, and now more women are interested in me. It's very simple. So, you know. Okay, moving on. Uh, can we talk about the, the strawberries at Costco? Because this is apparently Fauci's new job. He's, he's, he's moved on from working in government and slinging vaccines, and now he's poisoning our strawberries. He can't say that on YouTube. He's not poisoning our strawberries, everybody. He's still out there selling his vaccines, which, uh, since we're uh, part of the YouTube community, they're, they're fantastic vaccines, and everyone should get more of them. Even if you've been boosted, there's probably an opportunity for another booster. Who are you? You, you want to be in the Guinness Worker World Record for having the most mRNA in your system or not? All right. This is from the New York Post. FDR recalls frozen organic strawberries sold at Trader Joe's and Costco. And let me tell you, you know how much frozen strawberries I got in my freezer right now? And I went to Trader Joe's on Sunday. They make any mention of this recall? When I'm looking in their freezer, have, have the recall adjustment already been made? Or are they, are they still sitting on shitty batches of strawberries and whatever? And how come you don't get a call? How is it that a grocery store can sell you poison that's going to have hepatitis A, B, and C, the type of shit that you would have to go to San Francisco, find some male homeless hooker on a corner, put your dick in him, and then spray a load in his mouth, leave him with hush money and hope he doesn't pull a Stormy Daniels on you, get onto the news and go, hey, that guy came out to San Francisco, paid me for legal, for, for, for cum sucking and fucking services, I gave him hepatitis A, B, and C, and I threatened to let the world know that he had all the hepatitises unless he paid me the hush money, he paid me the hush money and now I'm still ratting him out for it. So anyways, I don't understand this system of recalls. I'm putting this out there. If you're some sort of a health or recall expert, you email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Because most people don't even read the newspaper. So uh, what happens in the event of the recall? How can a grocery store sell you poison that might have hepatitis A, B, and C in it? Are there even that many hepatitises? I'm not a hepatitis expert. Um, but how can they potentially have sold you poison and then not give you a call? Like, how, how is the first thing that, that happens after they realize, oh, we've got to recall strawberries because they're giving people AIDS that you can normally only get from a San Francisco gay hooker um, that may or may not have also had a romantic entanglement with uh, Paul Pelosi, which may or may not have been where he got all of the hepatitises. But let's stay focused on the strawberries in my freezer that will give you AIDS. Let's not talk about Paul Pelosi. Let's stay focused on one topic here. How can a grocery store sell you an item that gets recalled and then not be on the phone going, hey, we kind of fucked up here, um, so maybe you don't want to eat that stuff because you can get very sick. How does that happen? 
And then how do I just casually read an article in the newspaper going, hey, the shit that's in your freezer might be killing you. And then you go to the same supermarket. They're not making any mention of it. Anyone understand how food recalls work? All right, that's all I got on that topic. North Korea claims 800,000 have signed up to fight against the U.S., which, what are the world the rules for World War III going to be? Because, I mean, if we're nuking people, if they got 800,000 people, I guess that doesn't matter. But if we're nuking people, other people are going to nuke us. So that's not good, right? But then if we're not nuking people, so then I guess you need disposable people. And if we're going in a war against, like, people from, the, they got way more disposable people. By disposable people, I don't mean that their people are less valuable than our people. That's not what I mean. I mean that their people have been more convinced by their world leaders that they're serving a noble cause if they go fight for basically just their kings and overlords above them. Because the rest of us, we just go about it. We just live our lives. Every single day, yeah? Like, I went to a concert on Friday night, Film Friends. It was actually absolutely incredible. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But I went, I saw Film Friends. I had a great time. Yeah, you think you're thinking about World War III, the food running out, viruses that have been bought for, paid for, and then circulated so that people get vaccinated? You don't think about any of that shit. You just sit there. I'm head nodding. That guy's head nodding. He's got to go back to work on Monday. I got to yell on Monday. No one gives a shit. Everyone's just having a good fucking time. Everyone in the whole world is just having a good fucking time, but we've got leaders who are super greedy, and they need even more shit. Like, the rest of us just want to be left the fuck alone. You know, just get through your lazy day. Hope that you see your kids do a little bit better than you and move on with your fucking life. We don't really want all that much shit. The problem is you get these ultra-greedy people, and they always want more and more shit. And so they're butting heads against other ultra-greedy people. And then at some point, they end up being the heads of countries. And one guy's like, well, I need Ukraine so that I can suck it dry and make money for my family. And the other guy's like, yeah, but Ukraine's like right here. Go to any other country that's not right on my border and go suck that dry. And then they end up butting heads and they rope all of us into it. And then you get places like North Korea that's got 800,000 starving people that every single time that they can't eat, they go, you know, the reason you can't eat, it's because of the United States of America and so that they want to fight us. Point I'm just making is, uh, how is World War III going to actually play out? Because if it seems like if it's an actual like fight fight, I don't really see us winning that. It's just because the other people, other sides have so much more people. And then if we go any of the other routes of uh, maybe we just got to get back into war in the Middle East. Maybe that's where we fucked up. Because, like, in the Middle East, we could just drone people. Like, you got to almost look at it this way. We have to have a compromise with our evil military overlords who want to be able to sell their products at all times, and they want endless wars. And so, like, Afghanistan, you know, that was like a cash pit for them, and we just we, we took it away. And so now they're overreacting, and they're going to get us into real wars. They're like, hey, if you won't let us have our fake wars where we just get to constantly give you guys bills, milk the system, and make a lot of money, then we're going to give you some real wars. You, you, want, you guys want real wars? Is that what you want? Lesson learned. All right. Let's get into some other quick topics. Um, Credit Suisse writes down $17 billion in bonds. All right. There's some things that I feel like I understand, but then I also, like, I, it seems like in my head I fully understand it but then sometimes I go to articulate it or I feel like I have to actually research it so I can make sense out of it. And then I get lost. But I've talked about quite a bit over the last couple episodes about signals in the financial markets and fake money being in the system. And then once we see signals that there aren't that much money in the system, everything starts coming down. And I don't know that I've ever explained this that well because I don't know that I've ever read it anywhere 
where it's been explained that well. It's just something that kind of makes sense in my head. And so this is an example that just happened this week. And I think that it will help me explain the concept to you guys so that maybe you can all walk around in a constant panic as well. Um, All right. So Credit Suisse just wrote down $17 billion in bonds. They had $17 billion written to bondholders that they just now wrote down to zero. So what happens that on, let's say, Friday of last week, there was $17 billion in bonds that existed, and now those bonds are at zero. What happened? Well, I guess the underlying asset, which was the bank, um, was deemed, and I don't even know why Credit Suisse failed. I assume Credit Suisse failed for the reason that every single bank always fails. It's because they uh, are engaging in fractional reserve banking, and then they get progressively greedier in terms of the uh, ways that they can spend the money that they're just printing into existence. And so there's, they're always in a hole because the money that they're saying exists doesn't actually exist. But we're, 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 let's stick to the primary example here so that I can explain the concept. Let's not go on one of these ADD tangents and go back where we end up back to talking about San Francisco hooker butts with AIDS. Let's stay focused. You guys don't even like the dumb jokes. You just want the actual information. So I'm going to give you the actual information here. Friday of last week, you got $17 billion worth of bonds on the books. Let's say you're a pension fund, you own that. You're, 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 you're a guy. It's part of your retirement or you're a person, it's just part of your portfolio, you own bonds and Credit Suisse, $17 billion worth of bonds that exists on Friday. Come Monday, the $17 billion in bonds no longer exist. Why do the $17 billion in bonds no longer exist? Because you find out that the bank that was the asset in which the bonds were based on is not as solvent. So now the bonds fail. It goes to literally zero. So the point I'm making is how many like different things exist in our society, in the economy that have a certain evaluation because we feel like the company is healthy. It will have a future, um, basically just like a future stream of payments. But the reality is it could just go to fucking zero because there, like, there isn't actually that money in the system. I, once again, you know, I thought I had this like perfect in my head, and then I came here, and I tried to relay it, and I don't even know, and now I'm like, it makes sense to me. Basically, banks are able to engage in fractional reserve banking. They put more money into the system than actually exists, and then they cascade more like on top of that by then like creating derivative products based off of the income stream payments. So it's like if you're a bank, not only are you engaging in the fractional reserve banking, but I guess you're also selling bonds here off of the like bonds. You're borrowing money on the basis that you're going to have continuous returns as a bank, same as any other bond that exists. So now not only do you have all the fractional reserve banking, you're also creating more money off of the income stream revenue from the returns you're going to get from the fractional reserve banking that and the lending that you engage in. And so all of a sudden... When the underlying bank starts going down in value because all that money isn't really there where the evaluation for the bonds were made from so then the bonds go to zero and then it's like what what, what gets cascaded from there like what like all the financial decisions that some person was making based off of the bonds that they had the retirement that they had 
Like, it's almost like the way uh, when Bernie Madoff's Ponzi scheme went under. So Bernie Madoff gets arrested and his Ponzi scheme goes under. So let's just say that that happened on a Monday. So Sunday, you're sitting out, you're at a barbecue, you're flipping burgers, and you're like, dude, I, I inherited money. I have a trust fund. I inherited money, and I barely work for a living. I got a sales job. Maybe I sell an insurance policy once a year, and I get to pretend like I have a job. But really, I'm a fat fuck with the, with the, with the, with the trust fund from my dad. And you're sitting there, you got a cigar in your mouth, a beer in your hand, you're flipping a burger, and you're just enjoying the amazing lifestyle that was handed to you, where you take vacations, you own a nice house, and you've got all this money. Let's just say you've got $20 million with Bernie Madoff. He pays you 10% a year. You're just living off the interest. You're living a good life. Everything's great. Then all of a sudden, Monday comes along, and you find out that Bernie Madoff was a Ponzi scheme, and you actually have zero dollars. So you went from thinking that you had $20 million, which you were living off the interest every year from, to now you have $0. So what do you got to do now that you find out that you got $0? Well, you got to sell your house. You're going to have to do a lot of things so that all of a sudden you can, like, which now if everyone's doing, the values of all those items being sold is going to go down. And so Bernie Madoff being a Ponzi scheme... Everything's a fucking Ponzi scheme. Our currency's a Ponzi scheme. Your banks are a Ponzi scheme. Everything's a fucking Ponzi scheme. So what happens when you actually get the signal that they are a Ponzi scheme, and then the assets that are on paper start getting written down to zero? So, like, there were single individuals invested with Madoff who all of a sudden realized, oh, my money's actually at zero, and then had to go sell shit. But what happens when banks collapse and all that shit falls to zero? You guys kind of see what I'm saying here? I hope maybe I explained that a little bit. Let's take a couple comments. Um, we've got Tony Two Cents. It's all vying for government bailouts when they can't scam fractional reserve profits. That is accurate. Joshua Carter. Banking collapse is how WF pay to limit growth. Shauna Thornton. Hey there. What's up, Shauna? Uh, okay. SVB mismanage talk of clawbacks. Oh, right. So... There's more articles coming out about what happened at SVB. Uh, to keep it really short, you know, these people, they're taking in all this money and uh, they're, they're not managing their risk well and that they're buying uh, long-term assets so that they could get a better spread. They're, they're just, they're not managing their bank well, okay? And then it gets to the point where they so don't manage their risk that boom, it goes belly up and they get themselves a nice big fat fucking bailout. Have you heard any talks of clawbacks yet? I mean, if we're now at a point where basically every deposit is backed by the United States government and we just had a bank collapse because they weren't managing the risk well, well, I think they call this a moral hazard. You think bank managers are going to do a better job of managing risk now that there's a possibility of a bailout? I mean, what a great job being a bank manager is. So you get free money. Then you get to cascade the free money with fractional reserve banking. Then you get to try and make more free money by not even like, I mean, the, the greed of these people in terms of the, they're playing with your money and whatever amount of yield they're able to get on your money and capture a spread is just a fucking freebie. And then they get greedy where they go, well, I want even more free money. 
And so they don't manage the risk well, and they're buying up these long-term uh, treasuries so that they can get even a little bit more of a spread on what was already fucking free. And then the thing fails, and what do we go? Well, we're going to bail you guys out. So firstly, how does that prevent in the future anyone taking more risks, which is what we were talking about the other day of like, at this point, when is the conversation going to happen? Of And it's not the conversation I want to have, but it's going to happen where the public gets educated and they start just talking about nationalizing these banks. But all right. If now moving forward, we're even closer to like, there's even more of a moral hazard of what is preventing bank collapses in the future if these people are always incentivized to take on more risks, in each of the quarters that things go well, you end up leaving with your money. That's what happens. It, 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 you ever watch that scene? It's one of the greatest scenes when what's his name's doing the humming in the Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, he's doing his he's doing his coke. He's talking about jerking off and he's humming. Those are my three favorite activities. And he goes, listen, the whole thing is that we just want to keep all the money in the system. We want to keep it swirling around in the system. You know why? Because they take their fees. So that's what you do when you're at a bank. You want to maximize the risk. You want to keep as much money in the system as possible because you're not keeping your money at that bank. You're not keeping your money in those investments. Every single time a bonus comes out, you know what you do? You take that bonus and you go buy yourself a nice physical asset. You buy yourself that island. You buy yourself the house in the Cayman Islands or wherever these people in Bahamas like to go so that they don't have to pay their taxes. And then every single time you get another bonus check, you just buy yourself another little nice thing to add to your beach. You, you bury a little bit of gold in the fucking sand. You buy yourself another security card. You get yourself the penthouse suite at some Bahamas place. You, you order yourself $600,000 worth of seamless. That's what you're doing. You, you're keeping all the money in the system you cascade more and more money on top of that. You take the riskiest propositions that you're legally able to do. And in the years where it's good, you cash out some big fucking bonuses. And the years where it goes to shit, that's somebody else's problem. And if you uh, go high long enough, you can even collapse Lehman Brothers and then get a job at another bank down the, down the line. And amidst all of this, you would think the outrage that would exist in this country that there was another bank bailout and not only another bank bailout, but it's going to these fucking tech bros, these pieces of shit that like get to kind of dictate our culture and just get to feel like, like these people have been the winners. You're fucking venture, venture capitalists and your, your tech people. And now they're losers because they all put their money into the same bank when they didn't, they didn't actually make sure that the bank was being healthy and you know what I mean? It's like the, the, the circle of people who get to pretend like they're cooler and better than us and that they're better at making money and they're more beneficial to society and they're smarter. And they're all living in this fucking San Francisco bubble and the thing goes to shit. And then the government just comes in and goes, oh, no problem. We're going to bail you guys out of this jam. And then even after all that, there's no talk of fucking clawbacks. You know, at a minimum, I want to see the talk of clawbacks. So like we're, if we're, if we're taking Donald Trump down for fucking hooker payments then I want to see SEAL Team 6 showing up to the Cayman Islands and taking back all these people's bonuses. At a minimum, they went and they fucked up. Why do they get to keep all the money? All right. Biden family million-dollar payments. The conservatives are not doing a good job at selling whatever the fucking Biden story is. I mean, for uh, two years, you wasted my time looking at Hunter's amazing 
cock, really incredible. That's the only thing you learn from all those pictures. Like, oh, there's a new leak in Hunter, and then you win, and you're like, I don't know, it looks like the guy's doing crack and using his giant penis well. That's all that, that that's all that I can see here. And then they kept, uh, you know, they keep teasing, like they've got this incredible Joe Biden, Hunter Biden story. And I'm not saying that they're not corrupt. I'm just saying, actually, get us good evidence. Now they got the, you know, uh, I, I forget who the new guy, but now they're talking about, well, the kid's got a million dollar pay. Here's the thing. I'm reading all the news stories, and I don't have a clue. I, I don't understand the story. I'm interested in this. I actually have the job where I explain it to other people, and I'm reading your stories, and it's all just too loose. Can you make some cl- clear and bold claims about what, like, so the, the newest thing is just, uh, I don't know, some other Chinese company it was giving money to them that went to one of the girls in the family, and it might have been as much of a million dollars. Okay, give, give us a clear story. That's not, that's actually, and I'm saying that that's on them, that it's not making a ton of sense. Um, Z is going to Russia. All right. You know, this is how badly Joe Biden's fucked up. I'm not, I'm not an American first. I mean, I'm not an American last. I'm not even American in the middle. I'm a, I'm a dumb fucking hippie who thinks everyone can get along, and if you had free markets, we could experience the harmony of man, where everyone engages in uh, in 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 free uh, exchanges that are built upon value, and everyone can benefit. That's what I believe, because I'm just some big fucking dumbass hippie. But the overlords of our country, you know what they believe? They believe that the only way that we're going to get along is if we overspend on our military, show up in other places, kill people, kick them over, let them know, hey, we're the biggest bully on the playground. And that, that's the only way that we're ever going to get along. That's the only way is that we can get along is that if we're the biggest bully and that we keep everyone else in line at all times, because unless we do that, we're going to have problems. And all right, let's say you got that philosophy. And part of this philosophy is also that you endlessly need people to be uh, keeping the U.S. dollar as the reserve currency of the world because we do run pretty big deficits over here. You keep promising, hey, the military is not the only thing that we're going to spend a lot of money on. We're also going to spend money on your education. We're going to spend money on your health care. You got all these things. We, we, we're going to support everything in your lifestyle, no problem. Well, the only way that that's going to happen is if people are using the United States dollar, we're able to continue to print a lot of money and send a lot of that inflation overseas, and that people need to continue to buy U.S. dollars so that there is at least some demand for our debt, um, because we can't just always buy all of our own debt. Someone's going to have to buy some of it. All right, what the fuck was I talking about? I was trying to talk about Z going over to Russia. At the start of this Ukraine war shenanigans, let's just look at all the blunders that have been made over the last couple of years. So first is, basically since the 2008 bailout, Fed continues to just put money into the system. Even as the economy gets better, we're keeping interest rates all the way, all the way down. The entire idea of capitalism is supposed to be, or I'm sorry, Keynesian economics is supposed to be smoothing out the business cycle. Oh, it's like a fucking roller coaster. So if we save money when things are really good and we spend money when things are really bad, we can even it out. And so we pretend like that's the system. But then when things are really good, we just keep the interest rates really low. And then when things get really bad, we just keep spending. So after years of basically... um, inflationary monetary policy where we're just pumping money into the system we're keeping interest rates down we're doing everything we can 
to try and get back to those fucking 2008 levels, which were also based off of a credit asset bubble in housing. So instead of recorrecting from a bubble that we made, we're going even further down on bubbles. Then you get this thing called COVID comes around and the decision is, hey, I know that we've just spent the last 10 years spending more money than ever, but now we actually have an emergency. And the whole point of this thing is that in cases of emergency, we spend. And so they spend even more money. They spend the most fucking money. You go Obama into Trump into Biden. Each of them are competing with the other one for who can just spend the most money ever. And so we're just on this wealth expansion ride where we just keep fucking going. So in other words, we blow it that we're not in an emergency situation and we spend all the money. Then we get to the emergency situation and we spend even more money. We pretend like the uh, emergency is worse than it is. We keep people from working their jobs. We're sending people checks. And then the inflation hits and we start actually seeing the pain from all of this stuff. And you know what Biden decides to do? Hey, let's start a war with Russia. <laughs> I know that we've got these supply line issues and all these other things, but let's start a war with Russia. And then not only does he start a war with Russia, before he starts the war with Russia, he doesn't call to make sure that China's gonna back him. And guys, I spoke about this all the way at the beginning of this fucking China, I mean, uh, this thing with Russia, when China said that they were going to, I was like, well, wouldn't you want to just make that call first? I think what they thought was, hey, if we just provoke the war first, then like Germany, you know, will blow up the pipeline and everyone's going to get in line. I think they gambled. I think they gambled that, listen, everyone's going to get in line if we call Putin a war criminal, everyone's going to, and, and then it didn't happen. Everyone else didn't get into line. And so it's like, you know, you might have been able to get the fucking COVID. We might have been able to rebuild. No, you had to fucking go pick this war. And not only did you have to pick this, pick this fight, you didn't even do your homework to make sure that everyone was backing you. It's just so incredibly stupid. It makes no sense to me in any capacity. All right. So now not only do you have the Z is going over to Russia, you've got the Saudi king is meeting with the Iranian president. Now, what happens if Saudi Arabia actually just starts getting along with Iran? Imagine that. Like, we <laughs> finally, you know, we're no longer like uh, kind of the big dog telling everyone what they can and can't do. And then Saudi Arabia just goes, you know what? We can just be getting along with you guys. That would work, too. I mean, at what point does everyone just start realizing, oh, the U.S. was really fucking shit up? Why were we siding with them, working with these? Like, like we're out there pretending like if we don't kick the shit out of everyone, it's going to be an absolute mess. And now people are starting to realize, oh, you know what? Without these guys, we could just get along. And then, but you know who the real losers in all this is? It's probably Israel. I mean, all you got all that Jew money, basically. I mean, all this American money going to Ukraine instead of Israel. You end up with Saudi Arabia now getting uh, together with Iran. Talk about a strategic uh, shakeup in the Middle East. All right. Um, all this meeting with Buffett talk and deflation. What do I mean with that? Oh, yeah. All right. So you got your Clint's of the world. You got people talking about we're going to start seeing deflation. Now, deflation somewhat makes sense with what I've been talking about with these bank signals and all this money that's supposedly in the system that's not actually in the system, which is true. You know, at every at every step in the way with the fractional reserve banking and money getting poured into this, and then I take that asset, I deposit over here, and then they create more money and more money and then derivative products and more money. And then at some point, if we start taking away the little pieces of the little cards and you start writing down all the values and all the shit because you realize that it was built off of 
fake money that a bank just created, shoved into a thing, then put then then took the the spread on the interest rate, and then they sold you that payment, and then they took that payment and they created another product and sold you what the coupon on that might be. You, you understand that's that that's what's going on here. They take our money. And then they loan out 10 to 1, and then they're able to capture a spread on the money that they're sending out, and then they sell stocks and bonds based off of that, and then further derivative products off of that. And so the point being, you get all this money that's supposedly in the system, oh, well, I own this bond, and that's going to pay me this every single year, and it's backed off of their thing, which is backed off of that thing, and then all of a sudden, you pull away the card of, well, they don't actually have that money, and now the bank's closing. Oh, well, now that bond doesn't exist. Oh, now this mortgage doesn't exist. Now that thing that was packaged doesn't exist, and it all starts fucking flooding out. So let's say you actually saw all these failures, you saw all this shit flooding out. Well, then, yeah, whatever cash you're holding on to would actually be highly valuable, and you would see deflation. I'm noticing something, though, because you and I, people hoarding our cash, thinking that there might actually be buy opportunities, you might actually see prices start coming down. The price is coming down. What does it rely on? Relies on signals changing. We keep talking about this, this thing that's over my head that doesn't quite make sense to me, but it's the hostage situation at the banks. They can't let the prices come down. They can't let these things falter because then you get the signals that the whole fucking thing is fake and they don't want that. So in order for the deflation to happen, you'd have to actually have the signal changes at the banks and the financial markets. And then all of us, yeah, we might get the deflation. You might end up with some buying opportunities, but they don't want those signal changes. And guess what? You got characters like Warren Buffett sitting on big fucking hordes of cash. That's what I think is going to happen. You know, like it's going to be your banks, your Goldman Sachs's, your, your Chase's and your Warren Buffett's. They get to buy up these banks and other things at a discount when they wipe out bondholders and stockholders and any retail investors, anyone who's not a preferred player. That's the world that we live in. You're either a preferred player and then you get to actually hoard your cash and profit when the occasional once in a century deflation actually comes or, or I don't know. Okay, that's enough on that topic. Uh, you want to have thoughts like this. You know what you got to do? You got to go to yodelta.com and buy yourself a big bag of watermen. It means that you keep in your freezer. Preferably two, one for now, one for, la one for later. Or if you're not into the Delta products, but you've been listening to everything I've been saying and going, oh, I need a rate, review, subscribe, email person to chain later so that my grandmother doesn't fall down a flight of stairs and get her organs harvested. Uh, well, you can go to yokratum.com, home of the $60 kilo, get yourself an entire kilo of kratom for just $60. Woo-wee! Um, all right. Let's read a little bit of this article, and then I think we're going to call it a day, because we covered a lot here. Oh, yeah, she joins us live in the studio. Alyssa, this really this. is the call. And then, what else do I got? I got one other thing. Oh, you know what? I got a great story that uh, after the Phil and Friends concert, um, I actually saw a guy who nearly fell into the train tracks, was bleeding out of his ear, tried calling the cops, cops didn't show up, and I will be telling that story this Wednesday at my Cafe Bohemia show. This is a pretty wild instant. First time I ever called the cops. They didn't show up and they hung up on me. Um, so, you know, that's that's the uh, that's what we pay our taxes for, everybody. So come out. Cafe Bohemia, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. I'm going to work on that story. I think it's good enough uh, that it might turn into a stand-up bit. Or I might just tell it this Wednesday as the only time I ever tell and realize, oh, that wasn't that funny. Uh, okay, I want to read a little bit of this article from the Wall Street Journal. Then we're going to play a video. Um, oh, fucking producer, man. I'm on the wrong computer. 
interesting article here. You guys can go find it. It's the Wall Street Journal opinion piece. The real motivation lies in the state's budget, which depends on the success of green startups. Uh, they made an interesting point when it came to the SVB bailouts that imagine if this was a bank in Texas that had failed and it was all wealthy oil conglomerates and the wealthy oil conglomerates had a system where basically they would give lo loans to other oil people as long as you kept your money in the bank and essentially you had a very well oiled machine here of a Texas oil bank financing oil products um and uh everyone's banking at this oil establishment making their oil money it's fueling new startups it's fueling a whole texas culture of big oil and that bank goes under well if they bailed that out which might happen i'm not saying that oil got doesn't have as many favors in government as perhaps the tech sector does but imagine if you blew up that bank and then all of a sudden like an entire area from texas went under you would realize like oh this was an entire sector. I should have read the article and eaten breakfast. Uh, no, here's the point they were making is that Biden is uh, it's it's really a bailout for California because they're heavily reliant on the tech sector. This bank was definitely a critical player of the tech sector where you had a lot of these startups uh, were involved and were banking there in addition to private equity and that this would be uh, very harmful to California if all of a sudden they lost all of this money because that's a lot of their taxpayers. You know what the inverse is though? No, all right, that's it on that. Uh, let's watch this last thing and we've got to come down to, uh, we got to come down from YouTube. She joins us live in the studio. Alyssa, this really is the calm before the storm. Not again. <laughs> no. Oh. They're going to have to start teaching better classes for uh, collapse response training because, you know, it's not good when you treat your friend uh, collapsing on air as though they got too drunk at the bar. And it's like, girl, we just we got to go to the bathroom. She's going to need a little bit more makeup. It's like. When lady, this like sitcom moment, lady gets too drunk on a first date, says something dumb, like, oh, not again. And then you got to do the little hut in the bathroom. Everyone puts back on their makeup. They freshen up and they come back out. Uh, because honestly, I, I mean, you, you got to start covering up. Oh, like maybe she got some makeup in her eye or maybe it becomes like a airplane. where like, you know, we told her not to eat the fish. Not again. She ate the fish. He ate the fish. Everybody ate the fish. But talk about, I mean, how often is this happening in studio that the response was just, oh, eyes are rolling to the back. Not again. Again, your eyes are rolling to the back of your head and you're collapsing live on television. She joins us live in the studio. Alyssa, this really is the calm before the storm. Not again. <laughs> no. Oh. You know, we're going to go ahead and go to break. <laughs> I mean, okay, I shouldn't be laughing. It's absolutely horrific that somebody collapsed on air. I hope that that lady's fine. I hope it was just one of those, you know, simple seizures that you rebound from a couple minutes later. But you definitely want friends on hand that are not these dumb anchor ladies who, uh, yeah, let's watch it once more. She joins us live in the studio. Alyssa, this really is the calm before the storm. Not again. <laughs> not again, you silly goose. Oh, you just have another seizure. Not again. No. No. Oh. And then she realizes, 
oh, that just happened, and I have to actually be a human being. You know, we're going to go ahead and go to break right now. Yeah. And she, she still, she still has studio. that moment you know, where it's like in a, in a restaurant where, like, the waiter collapses and you wait to see if someone from the staff helps before you have to get up from your chair. She's, like, sitting there like, wait, am I supposed to actually get up? Isn't there someone on the team who can help deal with this? Am I supposed to be the person? You know, we're going to go ahead and go to break right she still pretends like she's going to help. You know that lady never left her chair. You know that she never, she just continued to like shuffle and make it look like she was about to get up and help. All right, that is our show. Thank you everybody for uh, hanging out with us this weekend, Steamboat. Uh, on Sunday, Providence. Um, later next month on the 22nd, I will be in Orlando. Cafe Bohemia every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Got a good story of uh, calling the cops, having them hang up with me and then not sending help. So come hang out for that sheath sign and that's it that's our episode thanks for hanging later